Hello, and welcome to Conversations from the World of Allergy, a podcast produced by the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology. I'm your host, Dave Stukas. I'm a board-certified allergist and immunologist and serve as the social media medical editor for the Academy. Our podcast series will use different formats to interview thought leaders from the world of allergy and immunology. This podcast is not intended to provide any, any individual medical advice to our listeners. We do hope that our conversations provide evidence-based information. Any questions pertaining to one's own health should always be discussed with their personal physician. The Find an Allergist search engine on the Academy website is a useful tool to locate a listing of board-certified allergists in your area. Finally, use of this audio program is subject to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology Terms of Use Agreement, which you can find at www.aaai.org. Today's edition of our Conversations from the World of Allergy podcast series will focus on the upcoming Quad AI Practice Management Workshop, which is taking place from July 22nd through the 24th, 2022. We are pleased to welcome Dr. Vivian Hernandez Trujillo back to the podcast. Dr. Hernandez Trujillo is the Director of the Division of Allergy and Immunology at Nicholas Children's Hospital and works at Allergy and Immunology Care Center, South Florida in Miami Lakes, Florida. She has a long track record of service to the American Academy of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, and previously joined us way back in episode 13 to discuss her passion of primary immune deficiency and how to approach children with recurrent infections. Today, however, she is here in her role as Vice Chair of the Practice Management Committee and to discuss the upcoming Practice Management Workshop. Dr. Hernandez Trujillo, thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to join us, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Dave, it's really wonderful to be with you and to talk about another one um, of the wonderful opportunities that the Quad AI has for us as members. Yeah, and it's another passion of yours, which is great. We always love to have passionate guests on to discuss uh, what you know what they love uh, to get involved with, and it's great to have you back. And we're discussing a completely different topic from last time. So before we get, we get into the details of the workshop, how long have you been involved with the Practice Management Committee, and what do you enjoy most about your work there? I've been involved with practice management committee, it's incredible to say, but I think close to 15 years as a young attending, I first became involved. Um, And honestly, I became involved because I attended, right out of fellowship, I attended my first practice management uh, workshop. And I think it really was important, not only as a young allergist, immunologist, but also um, it just gave me the opportunity to learn not only about the scientific and the basic science and the clinical side, right? But I think one of the things that's harder to teach until you're actually doing it is how to manage a practice. So um, for me, that practice management uh, workshop early on was key uh, to understanding the ins and outs of, of practicing allergy and immunology, not only on the clinical side, but also on the business side. Mm, oh, I think that's great. Boy, that's a long track record. I don't know if I've done anything for 15 years, so <laughs> that's amazing. Well, let's move into some of the details surrounding the upcoming workshop. Uh, can you just give us some of the quick you know, hits, like where will it take place? Where can people find more information as well as register? And is there a virtual option available for those who want to join from home? Absolutely. So it's going to take place in July um, in Washington, D.C., and certainly going to the Quad AI's website, um, you can find uh, links there uh, under practice management, and you can register. And we, there will be a virtual option, which is very exciting. Uh, one session in each time block will be live streamed, and then the entire uh, program will actually be recorded. Uh, and then the virtual and live attendees will have access to recordings of all the sessions after the live event actually takes place. Oh, boy, that's great. Who's the target audience for the practice management workshop? What type of individuals typically attend these? I will tell you that 
any practicing allergist immunologist or, um, you know, any practicing clinician or, or even practice managers, though anybody really is a target audience. And it's never too early, as I tell the fellows in training. Um, I, I had a happy hour with them, you know, in the last month, and, and I really encourage them to consider attending if they had the opportunity. Um, and, and, you know, as we move on in our careers, it's crazy to think it's almost been 20 years um, practicing allergy immunology, but the same way that it's, you know, we don't stop learning on the clinical side, we also don't stop learning on the practice management side. And I think that it's important, especially in this day and age, we have to keep our practices viable. And it, it doesn't matter whether you're in private practice or if you're in an academic setting, we all need to be, you know, conscious of the business side, unfortunately. Um, I consider that a lot of fun, to be honest with you. I think the more we understand um, in some days, it, it can be very frustrating, but having the tools that the practice management workshop gives us, um, you know, even attending year to year, I will tell you, I learn every single year, which is why it's one of my most important and one of my most uh, looked forward to meetings um, every year, I have to be honest. No, I think that's great. Uh, and if, if we can, let's go way back to that first practice management workshop that you attended, uh, you know, early in your career, was there anything about it that really surprised you that kept you coming back again and again and again, or even any take-home lessons that you remember, uh, from that experience that you use to this day? I honestly believe that that first, uh, practice management workshop, there were a few things that I definitely, um, left with. And one of them was just the importance of proper coding, right? Because that's really, at the end of the day, that's, mm. that's the, and, and honestly, we don't get the training that we need because until you're doing it day to day, it, it's kind of on the job training. But the practice management workshop, that very first meeting, it was important for me to hear about proper, so proper levels of coding, whether it was E&M coding, um, and then knowing, you know, because if, unless somebody tells you this, you don't necessarily know, you can't. Uh, you know, code, a, let, let's say something like um, either urticaria and androedema. You can't code both because they can rule each other out, those types of things. That was from the very first meeting. I, I thought, but our patients have both. Like some of them will have both, <laughs> urticaria and androedema, but you can't code both because those are the types of take-home messages, honestly, that were important. Um, and it really did impact the billing in the sense that we didn't get the denials that would have happened if someone hadn't told me that. So, and, and as I've learned every time I attend, and I've attended many over the years, is different coding changes are made, and it's important to keep up with those, because if not, it will result in denials that would otherwise could have been avoided. And I think that's the way I, I kind of look at it. But that was definitely the one of the big ones for me. Well, so it sounds like, as you mentioned, the importance of, of understanding coding and changes to coding over the years is a major reason. But why should somebody consider attending the workshop if they've attended previously or, you know, on the flip side, if they've never attended before? What, what's your sort of call to arms to listeners out there about why this would be important for them to attend? There's always sessions, um, for example, on how to expand, you know, our service lines or how to expand practice. So whether it's increasing or considering using uh, biologics that some people may not be doing or um, expanding uh, oral immunotherapy, there, there are so many different service lines. And, and just for me, it's important to just keep, keep up on the day-to-day the -day changes, um, which is hard to do. I mean, we're all, especially over the last 
two years, honestly, with the pandemic, a lot of people have just kind of been in survival mode and trying to get through the day to day. But this really presents an opportunity to consider, you know, how can we continue to grow? How can we continue to improve our practice? And I think those are things that definitely are addressed at, at the meeting. Mm, that's great. Well, speaking of some of the things that are addressed at the meeting, I'd really like to learn more about some of the sessions planned for this year's workshop. And if if we can, let's start with the Friday plenary session, which is titled Major Moving Targets, Regulatory Issues of Critical Importance to Allergy Practice. What can people expect from that session? Um, the regulatory lectures and, and the compliance lectures, honestly, are so important. So um, for sure, they will, they will be addressing anything that's like up and coming or any recent changes that have happened. And it's important for us as allergists and immunologists to be aware of these because whether it, it relates to, um, you know, things like, you know, mixing allergens or other regulatory issues, I think it's just important to know about these. And again, unless, you know, you have someone that is following this on a, a daily, weekly, or monthly basis, it's really hard to, to stay um, on top of that. So I think that in particular is going to be an important session so that we can all can you know continue to do or add whatever needs to be added so that we are um, following the regulatory uh, requirements in the practice of, of allergy immunology yeah so it sounds like a great session to kind of lead things off with right there as, as things get going in dc uh and as i look at the schedule i see two other larger general sessions and then there's multiple breakout choices for attendees. In regards to the general sessions, why were the two topics chosen for Saturday and Sunday? The first one is coding documentation pearls. And then the Sunday session is mixing allergy serums, safe administration and compliance with USP 797 guidelines. Can you tell us more about those? Absolutely. So we really try to choose topics that have a broad appeal to all attendees, whether you're um, an allergist, a practice manager, or an FIT. And again, the coding information is critical to our attendees from year to year. Uh, and after a long wait, we do expect that the USP 797 regulations will go into effect in late 2022, and allergists will need to make sure that their processes are in compliance. And it looks like the rest of the workshop is is broken up into multiple smaller breakout sessions. And there's numerous sessions that we won't be able to discuss on this podcast. But again, we'll direct everybody to the website to look at the full agenda. Uh, given the sheer number of these sessions, will some of them re be repeated to help attendees decide which ones to attend? Yes, several of the the uh, the different breakout sessions will be repeated. Um, and I think that's important because for me, I, I guess it's like at every, you know, quad AI meeting, it's hard to decide what sessions to attend and which ones. But the good news is several of, of these smaller breakout sessions will actually be repeated. Okay. And if you see the same person at the same session multiple times, are you going to kick them out? <laughs> no, because <laughs> I, that's actually never happened. I've never actually seen that happen. <laughs> Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe they just really, really like that topic. Um, right. You know, as, as I go through, as I mentioned, there's, there, there really are um, multiple different breakout sessions. Do you know off the top of your head, the, the number of different ones that there are, it looked like at least 15 from what I looked at. Uh, to be honest with you, I haven't counted, but I, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's at least 15. Um, okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure about the exact number. 
Oh, that's okay. I put you on the spot, but it, there, it, there's a lot. But it, I, I teased out some from each day. So if it's okay, I'd love to hear your thoughts on some of the some of these interesting titles. So on the first day, there's a session that's titled "Rebuilding Your Practice Post COVID." Uh, what's the background on that session and why it was put together, and, and what will be talked about there? So physicians and the medical offices have and, con- and have continued to have uh, a lot of challenges in you know during the the. COVID-19 pandemic. And in the forum, uh, there's going to be discussion about how to, you know, mitigate negative financial, logistical, and operational consequences of the pandemic. Um, There's also going to be discussion of best practices for keeping the practice uh, safe, healthy, and moving forward. Um, So I think, you know, that's going to be really important, um, both Priya Bonsal and uh, Nick Hernandez and Doreen Siri are going to be part of this session. So I think that it, there's going to be important takeaways for attendees for sure. Mm-hmm. And I saw a session on Saturday that I wish I would have attended when I was first starting out in practice. And it looks like you're, you're helping to lead it as well. Uh, tell us about the ins and outs of contract negotiation. So this is one that we actually um, will we'll have at many of the meetings. Um, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have been able to be part of it for several years. You know, contract negotiation is so important. And, and as I've spoken to the fellows in training and young allergists and new allergists, um, contract negotiation, you need to ensure that there are many things in the contract um, that you may not even think about, right? Things that we may not consider. But I think um, one thing is ensuring when you sign a contract, you know that what's written there is written there, but what's not written there is not written there. And I think that's really important. And we kind of just go through, you know, what are some of the things you want to make sure are addressed, whether it's the um, restrictive covenant or the non-compete or the benefits, whatever whatever might be important. Um, you know, we address several things during this session. And I personally think it's it's an important session. And not only for young allergists who may be looking for the first, you know, the first time um, employment position, but for someone who may be ready for a change, what do you want to make sure is in that that contract? So I think that session is is of appeal to many many people. Oh, it sounds very useful and very practical. Absolutely. Uh, and then on Sunday morning, uh, there's a conclusion with several of the repeat sessions. And as you mentioned, uh, there were multiple sessions repeated. And there's another one that I saw that you'll be serving as faculty for. It looks like you're going to have a, a busy weekend there. Uh, this one is titled Seeing Red, Strategies to Improve Communication and Resolve Office Conflicts. Uh, what's going to take place in this breakout session? So I hope that this is helpful. I think, you know, communication is key for any relationship, but in an office setting, especially if it's in a smaller office setting, it's really important that everyone is aware of what other um, what other people, like I always, you know, at the end of every day, for example, I'll say thank you. I actually thank um, my employees and I try, maybe not as frequently as I'd like to, but I try, you know, whether it's once a month or um, every other week, to ask, you know, how are things going, especially if it's a new employee or someone that's, that's just joining the team. Is there anything you think we should be doing different? Is there any way to improve um, our practice flow? And I think, you know, especially during the pandemic, but even before, it's really important to be able to pivot and be able to make changes. And I think during this session, that's certainly some of the things. And then, you know, a lot of times there may be some conflict that you're not even aware of. So, Having open communication will actually allow um, 
for not only being able to address the, any any uh, like conflicts that may be occurring, but also just give tips on that. I'm going to be um, presenting this with Teresa Bingham, and so I know that this is going to be uh, a helpful session. Mm -hmm. No, it sounds like it, and I, I couldn't agree more. The power of communication is just so important for all of us, and it's something you have to practice, right? It's not something that comes naturally to all of us. That's exactly right. Oh, well, okay. So we talked about many of the sessions. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be jam-packed with great information, perspective, and practical tips and advice for folks. But aside from that, will, will there be any networking opportunities for those who are in attendance in person? Yes. So the networking, I think, to be honest with you, is, is one of the greatest things um, that's, that's part of this meeting. is, And I'm excited that it's going to be in person this year because being able to talk to our colleagues, meeting new people, this this really opened the door for me as a young allergist, just meeting some of some of the people, honestly, that have become my mentors over the years. Um, so there's always networking opportunities that are going to be available. And just being able to sit and have those one-on-one -on -one conversations and have people, um, I, can, I can ask other people for their opinions on how to do things, but also, you know, other people, um, you know, asking me, I think it's, it's, so valuable as with any meeting, but particularly this meeting, we're able to, to have discussions that are that are very important for the growth of our practices. Yeah, and, and DC is such a great location. I'm sure in late July it's going to be, you know, what about 50 degrees probably. And uh <laughs> it, it actually I'm be sure wonderful. it'll be yeah, it'll be it'll be nice and warm and toasty for everybody. So uh, it'll encourage lots of great conversation uh, in the air conditioning. Um, you know, I have no doubt that the precautions being put in place uh, to keep attendees safe will be updated throughout the start of the meeting. So will attendees receive any type of uh, email notification regarding any changes to some of the COVID precautions before they leave for home? I have no doubt that things will change between the time recording this and the time it actually takes place. Yes, absolutely. So first of all, all the attendees are required to be vaccinated, just like at the annual meeting. Um, and they're looking at, you know, maintaining some social distancing within meeting spaces. And depending on the current situation at the time of the workshop, they may require masks. Um, and attendees will definitely be kept up to date on the COVID precautions ahead of the event. Okay, excellent. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground, and this sounds like a fantastic meeting that you and your colleagues have planned. Uh, it sounds very exciting. Did we miss any important details or any other information that you'd like to include for those interested in attending? No, but I, I would really encourage everyone, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're just graduating from fellowship, if you've been in practice for five to 10 years, or if you've been practicing for 30 or more years, you know, I, I think I encourage you to consider attending, if you're not able to attend in person, at least um, virtually attending. But I also, um, I, I, I would say, if you've never attended, it's an amazing opportunity. And I would be so happy to see anyone coming back who, who has joined um, us before, because I, I really, as I said, it really is one of my favorite meetings every year. Mm. Well, I can't thank you enough for taking time to be with us today. I know you're very busy. I think that this was really insightful and uh, gave people a lot of uh, information to consider as they think about attending. But aside from the workshop, is there anything else that you'd like to add in regards to uh, practice management committee or, or anything else along those lines? You know, I, again, I think there's a lot of resources people aren't even aware of. Um, on the Quad AI website, we have a very robust um, like resources that are available, whether it's, you know, you're going to be starting your own practice or you have questions, you know, the ask, ask the experts um, and coding questions are so valuable to our membership. And, and not everyone may be aware of this. So I encourage you to, to go 
onto the website and look at that because there are so many um, different resources. And I really thank you, Dave, for, for these podcasts. It's hard to believe that it was number 13 that I participated on last time. That was 60 podcasts ago. So I really, I congratulate you because these are very valuable, not only to our membership, but, but to everyone. So thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to you today. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you again for coming back. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode. Please visit www.aaai.org for show notes and any pertinent links from today's conversation. If you like the show, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify so you can receive new episodes in the future. Thank you again for listening.